on the cutting edge of the Messianic movement. Solace Radio will rock your faith and bring the Bible alive. Find your Savior. Find Yeshua HaMashiach and explore the whole Bible and discover treasures there. Solace Radio. And the trees of the field will clap their hands. I wonder how it's that going to happen. Trees, last time I looked at them, they didn't have any hands. They're probably going to have this amazing, miraculous transformation as the Lord comes down with a shout and with the sound of the shofar that the trees, you know, the limbs have turned into giant hands and they start clapping. Can you imagine? You know how many trees are around the world? Well, we have close to 7 billion people right now. And we know that not all of them are going to clap their hands when the Lord comes. But all the trees of the world, we're talking, I don't know, maybe there are trillions of trees around the world. I know that in Israel, since the early days, I remember since I was a little boy, that there was one time during the year that was a special day for planting trees. I mean, every time during the spring is, is a wonderful time to plant, you know, trees and flowers and shrubs and all that. But there's one day that was like a special mitzvah, as we say. Special blessing to plant trees. And I remember we were like little goomers, you know, kindergarten, five. And we have those hoes, you know, that we you know, supposed to dig the holes, and the the handle was taller than us. I mean, we were like this, and the handle was like this. <laughs> and it was kind of awkward to carry it, but I remember as we progressed throughout um, first, second, third, you know, until eighth grade, when we finished elementary school, every year, at the same time of the year, we would put the hose on our shoulders, and we have a little sapling of tree, and all those uh, all those of us, boys and girls, will march, and we sing. And we sing like this, and it goes like this. This is how the planters go when they have their joy in the heart and the hole on the shoulders and they go to plant trees from the cities and from the villages all go together with joys to plant trees this is amazing and not only that once a week we had a special what we call Karen Kayemet day or Jewish national fund day and we will bring that time was you know just Pennies will bring uh, 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 whatever our parents will give us, and there was a li- uh, was a little special little uh, tin can with the star uh, of David on it, blue and white, and it says Karen Kayemet Israel Jewish National Fund, and we'll put the money into it, and then uh, or once a month it will be emptied and be you know from all the schools in the country and being given to the Jewish National Fund which was all for purchasing the saplings of the trees so we will reforest and replant for the coming you know for the coming year you know when we came back to the land 
little over a hundred years ago, when the first immigrants came to Israel, the land was devastated. I and mean, there was no trees, hardly any trees left, to the point that uh, Mark Twain writes that in, in, in the uh, journey between uh, Jerusalem and Jaffa and all the way from Galilee to Jerusalem, he hardly saw any tree. He said, this is a parched, barren, God-forsaken land. And when you go today to Israel, you see the land is green, lush, with many trees. Millions and millions of trees have been planted. So much so, that part of the land, and I remember that, even in our area, in the Sharon Valley where I was born, there were swamps. And you know what swamps carry? They carry mosquitoes that carry malaria and they, you know, and especially like us, you know, nice brown skinned boys and girls, you know, some of us, they like us, you know, and they bite us hard and it hurts. And not only that, many of the early pioneers died of malaria. And also in the Galilee, in the place called Hula Valley, just above the Sea of Galilee. And then some of our scientists and, and botanists realized that there's a good tree that will do the trick. And they went down to Australia and brought, you know, many uh, eucalyptus trees. They are fast growing and they like to be by swampy water area and they drink by gallons every day. And pretty much they drank all those swamps away. And you would see many, many eucalyptus trees which in Israel, which are definitely unindigenous to the land of Israel, but they are part of the land. Do you know did do you know that this week we celebrated a special holiday? Anybody knows? Yes, what was it? Tu Bishvat. Everybody says Tu Bishvat. Tu Bishvat. Tu Bishvat. Tu is the letter Tav and Vav, which means the 15th day of the month of Shvat. Shvat is one of the Jewish calendar months. And it falls somewhere in mid to late February. Because obviously we're going through the uh, Jewish calendar. Now, God said to us, God said to us, that when you come to the land, you shall plant trees. Okay, we're going to read it here in just a second. But the title of this message is, Man is the tree of the field. Man is the tree of the field. Now, Tubishvat, which is the 15th, day of the month of Shabbat is one of four Rosh Hashanahs. So, traditionally speaking, the rabbis say that there are four Rosh Hashanah in the Jewish calendar. Four of New Year's in the Jewish calendar. And they go like this. In the first day of Nisan, which is just before Passover, it's Rosh Hashanah to the kings and to the three times of pilgrimage to Jerusalem. The second one is in the first day of Elul, which is around August. It is the first, or it is Rosh Hashanah for the giving your uh, tithing to the temple of the animal tithing. 
Now in the first one, the first day of Tishrei, which is the month of Tishrei, which is just before, which is called Rosh Hashanah, or the day of, or the festival of trumpet, it is the Rosh Hashanah of the head of the year for the Jubilee year, and for keeping the Sabbath year of the land, and in Tubishvat, which we just celebrated, it is New Year's for the trees. Say, Rabbi, this is just really confusing. Well, not really. If you keep God's calendar, you see that it coincides, all this timing coincides with times of the year. And because we're talking about agriculture, society, that everything revolves around the land and what the land produces. So obviously, you know, we have been commanded that to work the land for six years and the seventh year it is a Shabbat for the land and so on and so forth. No. However, in order for us to reproduce, and sometimes, you know, trees like we see here, trees are being planted to reproduce and to have fruit of the land, the fruit and vegetables, we have to plant them. So we have celebrated, we just celebrated, and we're going to celebrate it tonight with the fruit of whatever uh, uh, we have. And in Israel, it is part of it that people make uh, little baskets of dry fruit and fresh fruit and they send to one another and so on and so forth. And, and bless her heart, Lynette, you know, she prepared those, you know, those um, uh, centerpieces on your table with those wonderful secret ingredients of all this fruit that she chopped very meticulously and baked those wonderful cakes. I'm telling you, I tasted those are great. You know, I tasted it. And, and of course, you'll have other fresh fruit with that. But God has put a tremendous emphasis on trees, on agriculture in general, and especially on trees. Trees have been following man and paralleling man's life all the way from the time of creation, and we will see it now in three parts. I have, as I started to prepare this message, I've been looking at it, and I said, okay, we'll do one message, you know, about trees, Dubishvat, and, and, and so forth, and impart some information to you. And as I was doing my studies and research and looking at Scripture, the Lord gave me more and more and more, and that it has turned, and I finished it all now, it's all ready. And then what will happen? It's three parts. And it's amazing. It's all about trees. From the time of creation until the time of redemption, and all the way to the time of the second coming of Messiah. This is really amazing. And the man said, and the Lord said in Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy uh, 20 verse 19, man is the tree of the field. Now, you would look in your English translations, and I looked at every single one of them. I looked at commentaries, and I tell you what, this is one of those difficult passages in the Bible that some of those commentaries and some of the older ones even stumbled over that. And the translation, none, single one translation, translated it accurately. However, this is my verbatim, word by word, as it has, uh, as it has written in Hebrew, I have translated it. And in Hebrew it goes like this, 
כי האדם הוא עץ השדה. For the man is the tree of the field. And there is a pause there. The translators stumbled over that and they put a question mark in the end of it. And it goes about talking about when you declare a war over a city. When you declare a war over a city. And the Lord said, when you besiege a city, do not cut the trees. Only those that are not fruit-bearing trees, you can cut and you can make a ramp from them. Not those that produce trees, uh, produce fruit. I mean, God will pay, uh, is paying so much attention to details about every little piece of his creation that is mind-boggling. Follow me here. The Lord said, In Leviticus 23, and of course Leviticus 23 is a chapter that gives us God's holidays. When you read it, you know, and it would start, and we taught about this, and I will teach you again, you know, all the God's holidays are mentioned there. And then he goes in verse, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, um, um, Leviticus 19, Leviticus 19, verse 23. When you come into the land and have planted all kinds of trees for food, then you shall count their fruit as uncircumcised. What? Listen. Three years, it shall be as uncircumcised to you. It shall not be eaten. Now, this is a command. But in the fourth year, all its fruit shall be holy, a praise to Adonai. And in the fifth year, you may eat its fruit that it may yield to you its increase. I am Adonai, your Elohim. The Lord said, when you come to the land. And of course, when Israel came to the land, there were already fruit trees over there. Remember, the Amorites were there, the Canaanites were there, the Hivite, the Girgashite, the Jebusite, all those ites were there. And the Lord drove them out. And of course, Joshua and the army of Israel defeated all of them, or most of them. And they have possessed homes that they didn't build. They possessed fields and orchards which they have not planted. But God said, nonetheless, you will from year to year plant trees. This is where the command came from. And then, of course, logically speaking, the elders of Israel said, okay, when should that be done? And they have decided on the 15th day of the month of Shvat. And they said, this is going to be the head of, or the uh, Rosh Hashanah, or the head of the year for planting trees. And it became a national holiday. One of the things that is so amazing, first of all, and it says, when you come out, when you come to the land, you know that one of the greatest things that uh, we do on our trips to Israel is that we plant trees. We take every single one of you and we give you a little sapling and we have a ceremony of planting trees in Israel, which is a great mitzvah. You know, our enemies, you know, the Arabs out there, one of the things that they have fight against us in Israel, that they burn the trees. They have burnt Mount Carmel two years ago. I mean, you can go on the internet and you can see Mount Carmel devastated. I mean, millions of trees have gone up in smoke. I showed some of the pictures You know, I, I shared with you, you know, with the tankers coming in and trying to extinguish the, the fire, that the whole Mount Carmel was on fire. 
And they have done that several, you know, about 10 years ago uh, during the Intifada on the way to Jerusalem as well. And you can see many scorched trees that take years, even, you know, ten, I mean, uh, dozens of years for them to grow up. And God says, when you come to the land, you will plant trees. And three years, it is uncircumcised, meaning it's no kosher, no bueno to eat. You get it? You know, we have a word, a word for it in Hebrew. It's called boser. Boser, it means, and, and I have tried that. Don't you, don't you even imagine in your wildest imagination that me growing in Israel and there are pl- trees planting that us kids didn't go in the second and third year and tried to ta- taste those uh, uh, fruit? Of course we did. Why did we? Because it said not to. And we were kids. We'll try it. They don't taste good. And God said, do not do that. Let it fall. You don't even to touch the tree. Why? Because it's logically giving the tree the power and the maturity to grow and get into a fullness of maturity. And then the fourth year, which is the first fruit really that comes, which is good and kosher and nice and beautiful, that you bring into the temple. First fruit onto the Lord. And then in the fifth year, you start eating and enjoying it. You know, there are several of farmers that understood here in the valley which we live that this is exactly what is happening right here in the fields. They say, well, you can't get anything out of this, you know, trees or out of this orchard for three years at least. Duh. Read the Bible. Pistachios even take seven years. And olives, you know, they're also slow maturing and living for a long time. It is amazing how much emphasis God put on trees. Listen to this. In Genesis 1.1. Oh, the word, by the way, before we get to Genesis, the word in Hebrew for trees, etz, which consists of two Hebrew letters, which one precedes the other. In the Hebrew alphabet, it goes ayin tzadik. And which is interesting, look at those Hebrew letters, both of them, etz, ayin, and the tzadik is the word for tree in Hebrew. But look at it, both of them look like a tree. Both the ayin and the tzaddik look like tree, doesn't it? But interestingly, the word ayin is for the eye, and tzaddik is for righteous. You see that? So I thought about it, and I said, Lord, what is that? Which brought me to the conclusion that the man is like the tree of the field. And if he is straight, he bears good fruit. If he is crooked, He's been pulled so he'll be straight or he'll be cut down. And a righteous man, unless he bears good fruit, is going to be burned. Watch this. Genesis. But the whole thing starts with trees. Okay, this doesn't work. Come on. Genesis 1, verse 11. Creation. Verse 11. Then Elohim said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herbs that yield seed, and the fruit trees that yield fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself. Look at this amazing creation. On the earth, and it was so. Every tree to its family, to its kind, there is no crossing. Someone told me, oh yeah, you know, we got one tree, and it has seven types of different fruit. I said, that's no bueno. It's forbidden. 
Because it has to be each to its kind. Understand? The same family. You cannot put almond with orange. Because it's two different families. And, and, and the earth brought forth grass, verse 12, the herbs that yielded seed according to its kind. And the trees that yielded fruit whose seed is in itself. I mean, we have those things that are seedless. Those are genetically modified fruit. You understand that? Where the seed going to go? How it's going to go? How it's going to reproduce? Something we're doing that is in many ways now starting to just prove to us that what we're doing in order to make it a little bit more palatable and comfortable for us, that is incorrect. Because those fruit has to have its seed. I know it's nice to have seedless grape and seedless tangerine and seedless watermelon. But I don't know, I grew up with all those things that have seeds. Part of the fun of eating is the spitting. <laughs> What's the fun? There's no more fun here. Okay, so polite. <laughs> we like that. Okay. Say, so you rough Israelis, you know, Middle Eastern, you kind of, you know, all this, you're drinking this tough, you know, coffee that is... You know, nothing but, you know, a lot of and spitting and all that kind of stuff. It's biblical. It's there. So, listen to this. Verse 13. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Now, Adonai Elohim planted a garden. I'm sorry. Um, no. Morning and evening, a third day. Now, on the third day, which is very interesting. Let's just... uh Park on the third day a little bit. That's the day that God has created the earth, meaning the dry land and the waters. God separated the waters from the dry land, and on the same day, all the vegetations and the tree that he created. And this is the only day in creation that God said on the day, on Yom Shlishi, Tuesday, Tuesday by the way, it's the third day, he said, and it was good. Every day of creation, he said, and it was good. But on Tuesday, he said, it was good twice. You know that? On Tuesday, God said, it was good twice during the creation. So, most Jewish couples choose to get married on Tuesday. Why? First of all, because it said twice it was good, and we need all the help we can get. Genesis 2 verse 8. Adonai Elohim planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground Adonai Elohim made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Here it is. In the middle of the most beautiful that you can imagine creation of the universe. We know that earth is the glory of all the universe creation, and within it the crown of creation is man. And God takes such an amazing care that he, you can just imagine how the Garden of Eden was. 
I mean, think about it. You think Bouchard Gardens and all these beautiful gardens as you go to even, you know, in, in Israel they have this, you know, not that I agree with all this kind of nonsense, you know, but we see it from the top of the Carmel Mountain, the Baha'i Gardens and some of those beautiful gardens. Or you see Japanese garden, all this kind of garden. But what about the Garden of Eden? Can you imagine how beautiful that is? And God takes man, the crown of creation, whom he made in his image, and in his form, and put him right in the midst of it. And say to him, enjoy, have fun. Also, he said to him, like what I say to my son, don't do stupid things. So God said to Adam, don't do stupid things. In the midst of it, he put two trees. The trees of knowledge, the tree of knowledge, and the tree of life. Then, verse 15, Adonai Elohim took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And Adonai Elohim commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may you freely eat, but that of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Straightforward. That's it. Enjoy everything. But this one and this one, stay away. That's it. Simple, right? Simple as you can get. And now... Chapter 3, verse 1. The serpent, Hanachash, was more cunning than any beast of the field that Adonai Elohim had made. And he said to the woman, "Uh uh-oh, where's Adam? Where's the man? He said to the woman, has Elohim indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? What he did is what we call hafuch halafuch. He twisted her. And she was vulnerable because man, Adam, her husband, wasn't there to protect her. And she was open. It was open season. And the devil, the snake, saw it and it said he was cunning than any animal. The word is, in Hebrew for cunning, is arum. Arum. When you say for someone, okay, um, if you go to a place and you see somebody and his birthday suit, and you say, this guy is arum, meaning he has no clothes. He's naked. See, now, the serpent was arum, was naked, was naked. That's the word. Then any beast of the field, was he naked? The word suggests in Hebrew that he was spiritually naked. He was arum. He was devoid of the present of God. Okay? Being such, he goes now and he deceives the woman. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, Elohim said, You shall not eat of it, nor you shall touch it. You see, added another one. Don't touch it, lest you die. God said, No, he didn't say don't touch it. He said, don't eat it. You see, there's a whole kind of confusion gets there. In the nakedness and the void of spiritual understanding and being under the covering of God and her husband, there's confusion. And here it is. And here we go. As they say, here we go. Here we go. This is it. That, that's how it all started. By two trees. Then the serpent said to the woman, verse 4, You will not surely die. You know, when a confusion started, you know, there's no end now. There is an end. 
unhappy ending. For Elohim knows that in the day that you should eat, you should eat of your, you, you sh- the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like Elohim, knowing good and evil. Aha! Now there is something that was given to the woman that she did not know. All she knew until that point, and we don't know how long has passed since creation of Adam and Eve, until that point. All she knew for all those years, all this time, we're not to eat it. That's it. It's simple. Don't eat it. Now there's confusion. You will not die, but you will be like God. Wow, that sounds great. I'm sure this is where Shirley MacLaine got her idea. She's like, God, I am God. This is everybody, you know, this is the, the, the uh, epitome of, of, of men's chutzpah, to be like God. And this is exactly what the devil wants to do, is to make you feel puffed up. This is why most a lot of people run into Islam. Why? Especially in the African, uh, 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 you know, in the black community. Because they tell them that you're superior, not to everybody else. They puff up their ego. You're going to be something you're not. And that's what the devil tells her. And she believes it. So the woman, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, wait a minute. You always knew that it was good for food, but you were forbidden to eat it. All of a sudden it's good. That it was pleasant to the eyes. Of course it was. It was the Garden of Eden. And the tree is, and a tree desirable to make one wise. You see, this is the kick. If you take that little puff, if you just take that little pill, if you just drink of this little drink, oh, you're gonna get wise. Eat the fruit, baby. Gonna get wise. That's what he's doing. Shh. Come here. See? It's beautiful. <whistles> Eat. Where's Adam here for crying out loud? What is he doing? What is he doing? Where's Adam? Where's the man? I don't know. Maybe he's been working too hard tilling the garden that he needed siesta. I don't know. All I know that he wasn't on duty. And when men, and for that matter, women also, if there's no man, is on duty and on watch to see what is happening to either one another, if you marry, and watch for one another. And this is our duty to be on watch for one another and to be on watch for our children that they don't make those mistakes that are forbidden. You don't drive on the wrong way on the freeway unless, you know, you somewhere came out of Bierhof in Germany. And I've seen it. And boom, head-on crash. And it happens. And so she saw that it was pleasant, going to make you wise. And she took of the fruit and ate. All of a sudden, she found Adam. And also gave to her husband with her. And he ate. Ay, ay, ay. He didn't question her. You see, a tree that's supposed to be a blessing. That's all it is. Choice. Decision. Because life is all about choices. And sometimes a split second decision can cause you your life. And here it is. There's not even a pause here. A split second decision. Eat, not eat. Good, not good. She ate. 
here, take, eight, that's it. You know how fast it happened? You know how fast man fell out of God's grace? Look at it. There's not even pause in the scripture. She took, she ate, he gave it to her, she gave it to him, he ate, that's it. Vayochal in Hebrew is like four, four words. That's it. The fall of man was in a speed of light. And the redemption is going to take generation. We have a saying in Hebrew, what one fool, a mistake of one fool takes ten clever guys to restore. A mistake of one guy, it takes God to fix. That's what it is. Because of a tree. But let me tell you something. It's going to be on a tree that God is going to fix it. Listen to me. I'm going to take you there. Now then, the eyes of both of them, verse 7, were open. And they knew that they were naked. Uh Uh-oh. The word is the same thing as cunning. The devil was cunning. The word is arum. The same word, arumim. All of a sudden, they realized that they were not only physically naked. They realized that they have been stripped of their spirituality. That they have been exposed spiritually. And they're naked. They have no shield. Until that moment they had the shield of the, of the Holy Spirit of God shielding them from all that is evil in the universe. And there was evil in the universe. But not in the Garden of Eden. Because it was pure. And God has created man and woman to live forever. Pure. Shielded by Him. The height of creation. Adam could do anything he wanted. Anything. I mean, obviously, if he had to subdue all the birds, he had a way to catch them. He had a way to get to them. That can take you into a little bit of, you know, let your imagination go with that. You know, what he could do. He didn't need the space suit, I can tell you that. He didn't need the Columbia to go up there or whatever other ones that we had. I'm sorry, we lost Columbia. And it says that all the fish of the sea, I don't know, Somehow he needed to get to them, to name them by name, right? Because he named every single one of them. He needed to get there. Must have had some heck of a scuba gear. Adam was the height of creation. And here it is in one quick moment, a total fall, nakedness, total void of the Spirit of God. Watch this. And... They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. <laughs> Where did they go? They go to the tree. Here's a tree, you know, that they thought that the tree is going to, the salvation of their nakedness is going to be through a tree. But they made a mistake. They didn't realize that covering with fig leaves is not going to do it. They covered themselves, but it wasn't good. And they heard the sound of Adonai Elohim walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Elohim among the trees of the garden. Here it is. They're using the trees now to hide from God. It is like a war going on. Camouflage. Have you seen those sharpshooter snipers, you know, on, on one of those military channels? They look like, you know, they look like a vegetation moving with a sniper rifle. 
This is probably what Adam did. Come here, come here, Eve. Let's put the camouflage on us. Here it is. We hear him. He's coming. Now God is the enemy. God is not their friend anymore. God is not their provider. He's somebody you need to hide from. Where you hide? Uh-huh. Camouflage. This is what they did. Come on. Let me put this leaf on you. Come on, woman. Hi. That behind the tree. Come on. See the shrub. Get in there. But it has thorns. Adam. I can't go in there. Get in there. This is what happens. And they hide in the midst of the beautiful, most awesome place in the universe, in the Garden of Eden. Now they find themselves naked and hiding from God. How pitiful. I'm just tired of thinking. I'm tired. It makes me so tired, I can't even tell you. Just to think of all the energy that they have put out in just one swoop life-changing decision and so much energy had to put out in order to just hide. Until that moment they had fellowship with God. They enjoyed the presence of God and now they're hiding. Then Adonai Elohim, verse 9, called Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Didn't God know where Adam and Eve were? Of course he did. But God wanted Adam to confess. I screwed up, God. I'm naked. So I hid myself. Oh, like God didn't see your tuches when he created you. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, like I didn't see you, you know. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Daddy. I changed your diapers. You kidding me? I know what you look like. You hide from me. Why? So, and he said, Adonai says, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Fair question. There's a dialogue now. Then the man said, The woman, the woman, the woman, not only the woman, whom you gave me. You gave it to her. You gave her to me. The woman that you gave me to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. I am such a poor victim. I grew up in an abused family. I'm a dysfunctional husband, but I have this wife and she makes me do that. Oh, come on. Grow up, Adam. How many times have you heard that? And Adonai said to the woman, What is this you have done? You see, everyone has responsibility. All the players have responsibility. The man, you messed up. Stand here. Okay, I heard you. Stand here. You, lady, what'd you do? And the woman said, The serpent have deceived me. And I ate. No, the serpent. It's not my fault, you know. I'm just so, I'm a lady. Oh, okay, okay, stand here. Okay, stand by your husband. So Adonai Elohim said to the serpent, Come here, come here, stand right here, devil, serpent. Because you have done this, see, because there was an ongoing thing already. Some of us don't understand that there is a cosmic war prior to creation. And the whole thing is about proving that man 
Even though messed up, eventually, without even seeing, just by believing, can be saved and have fellowship with Adonai. That's the whole game here. But it's all about choices. And somehow, God put the trees right in the middle of it. He said, you are no different than the tree. But I made you in my image, so don't mess up. Listen up. And he says, you serpent, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put, now this is the key, I will put enmity, meaning you're going to be enemy, between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, the woman. And he shall bruise your heel, and you shall bruise, uh, you shall bruise your, your head, and you shall bruise his heel. He said, the seed of the woman. Meaning that the Messiah will be born of a woman. And not only that, we know that looking future into prophecy, that the seed of the woman is the Messiah, Yeshua, that will come out of Israel, that is considered the woman, it is considered the bride of God. And here it is. And here the drama, you know, the cosmic drama continues but this is was this was the beginning and it's all about one little pleasant and tasty fruit i don't know what kind of fruit you like i like fruit i like figs i like watermelons all kinds of fruit nectarines peaches oranges i mean god created so much abundantly and you can imagine that every single one of them, how about pineapple? Oh, one of them. Or mango. Oof. Raspberries, blueberries, mulberries. All those berries, they're so good. They all were there. Adam just go, oh, smorgasbord all day long. Enjoy the fruit of the land. Can you imagine? 24-7, 365 days a year, he had all fruit. He didn't have to bring them from Mexico or Salvador. In the winter. It was all there 365 days. All there. It didn't have to go to supermarket. All there. Fresh. You know, we're so blessed here in this valley to have all this fruit almost year round. You know what they pay for one fresh, beautiful Calamerna fig or mission, nice mission in New York City? Take a guess. One. Two bucks for one fig. Do you know how much they pay for one glass of fresh squeezed orange juice in Japan? Last I checked was some years ago, $5. Gosh, you just go here into a side, you know, a, a side of the road, a, a fruit stand and you pick a bag of them, you know, like 20 pounds for, you know, two, three bucks. And you start squeezing if you have, you know, strong enough arm. And you can just, you know, bask in it. And here, Adam had everything and he messes up. We're going to close with this. Listen to this. As it started with a tree, it's going to end up with a tree. As man has fallen by the fruit of the tree, it is on a tree that we will be redeemed because someone 
which is no other than God himself will have to be impelled on a tree. In Deuteronomy 21 verse 22, God gives us the precedent of what to happen. If a man has committed a sin deserving of death, and he is put to death, and you hang him on a tree, it's usually an olive tree. Usually an olive tree, it is hanging. Put the rope and hang him. By far more humane than the Romans way, and we'll talk about it in weeks to come, is to put the crossbeam and make actually a cross. That's what is called a cross, because they put the crossbeam and they let him suffer for hours and hours, sometimes, you know, days. Verse 23, His body shall not remain overnight on the tree, but you shall surely bury him that day, so that you do not defile the land which Adonai Elohim is given you as, the inher- as an inheritance, for he who is hanged is accursed of Elohim. You think about it. Thousands of years later, after this fall, the fulfillment of this command, and by the tree, and then the one that will be the seed of the woman, he is the one that came and was impaled on the tree in Jerusalem, in a place called Golgatha. And he took all, listen to me, all, A-L-L, everything. He took it all. He took all our sins, and by his bruises that we are healed, And through him and by him and through only his blood that we have entrance to heaven to face the creator, God the Father, again, Adonai Elohim, again, what happened in the Garden of Eden. And only through him there is entrance and and, and, uh, 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 a place for us to be in the presence of God. This is awesome. God put so much emphasis on a tree on the trees, period, that he uses one, or actually the one that won't cause men to fall, and another one to cause men to be redeemed. And we continue to talk about it next week, and there's a a third message on that. God bless you. Thank you very much. Talk radio for inquisitive people. Solace Radio, Ponte Vista, Colorado.